Anderson gave it away. Boldy trying to sprint it. It's got a step left side. Boldy cutting behind the net. Is it through it in front? Caprice scores! Are you kidding me? The Wild strike again! That's five goals here in the first five. Twelve of the third. And it is eight to five Minnesota. Incredible President's Day in St. Paul. 19,024 took it in in person. And wherever you are across the great state of hockey, whether it was on the Minnesota Wild Radio Network, Valley Sports North, or anywhere in between, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this one because it was bonkers. Uh, pretty much midway through this hockey game and beyond, the Wild skate to a 10-7 win and get two incredibly valuable points. Welcome to Wild Fan Line. Get on those lines. I want to hear how you took this one in. 800-320-5326. You can also text us at 64686 if that's easier. Pat McAlady joins me now. And uh, Patrick, I don't think either of us expected anything like this when the day began. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, slice it, dice it any way you want. The bottom line is they got the two points, Kevin. Um, I've, I haven't seen a game. I don't know if I've ever seen a game like that. A team gets four five-on-three opportunities in a hockey game. I've never seen it before. I don't know if you have. I haven't. But nonetheless, it it didn't matter. They, They won the game. They did, and in stunning fashion. Three hat tricks on the afternoon. JT Miller gets his, and then the Wild take over. Uh, Jules Eriksenek and Kirill Kaprizov, for the most part, were the stars of this thing, combining for six goals and 12 points between them. Matt Zuccarello had four points, four points for Matt Boldy as well. Um, it's, it's incredible how things changed, especially in that third period. And a lot of it is because... Uh, careless penalties by the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, just flat out. The Wild had six power plays. They scored on four of them, and a good chunk of those, I don't even remember, three or four five-on-three opportunities? Four. Four for the game. Four five-on-three opportunities uh, in, in in the game. I've, I've never seen it. Uh, I, you know, I'd have to go back and look. Good calls, bad calls, uh, legit penalties. Not, I, you know, who knows? Um, but when you get those opportunities... You have to, um, you have to produce, and they did today. And it, you know they'll, they'll take it. You know both teams will take today's game film and toss it in the garbage because you will learn nothing from it. You, it just <laughs> games like this, they don't happen. But today it did. So, um, and you never knew. You never knew really. You know, I mean. Vancouver makes it eight seven. You're thinking, oh, oh, here we go. You know they're going to tie it up, and um, and you know, luckily for Minnesota, they get the the, the late two empty netters, and um, and come away with the two points, the much needed two points. Every two points is is huge for them, and uh, and it was against one of the best teams in the league. So, yeah. Um, you know, hallelujah. Yeah, they iced the victory, and again, those two points are incredibly valuable this time of year. It uh, Again, you hate the fact that they gave up the extra point on Saturday to the Buffalo Sabres, but regardless, you know, you look at what they've done here over the course of the last six games and grabbing 11 out of a possible 12 points, that's pretty good, Patrick. Oh, of course it is, yeah, and and you know, and, and you know, they got some help today with the Blues losing, but you know, going 
forward, they're going to need they're they're, they're, need, they're going to need to keep winning, and they're going to need to continue to get help like they got today. Um, and, but you know, as, as I was telling uh, our good friend Eric Nordquist uh, this morning, um, you know, you you can't really you really shouldn't even if if you're in if you're the Minnesota Wild, you shouldn't even look at the at the uh, teams ahead of you and all of that stuff. Just focus on what you have to do, and and that is winning hockey games. And um, you know, I'm getting 11 out of 12 points. Got to keep it going. Um, you know, you you just the margin of error, Kevin, is is there. We know it, and I think they know it. And the sense of urgency, and um, you know, crazy game today, but ultimately they get the two points. From Josh in White Bear Lake says, I think my jaw is still sitting somewhere in Section 219. Seen a lot of hockey in his life, but nothing like that. What a game. Now get two more points tomorrow. Uh, amen, yeah. Josh, as the Wild go to that, that horror house that is up there in Winnipeg. Wild uh, very rarely have success up there, and they usually come out limping. Of, of course, plenty of time to preview that one, but let's get to the phone lines because yeah. they're starting to get jacked there, Patrick. 800-320-5326. You can also text us 64686. Let's start with Saul in Blaine. Good evening, Saul. Or good afternoon, whatever. We're good, buddy. Not too bad. Much like Rose and I'm a fraud. I get a lot of my hockey knowledge from your Saturday show and the Bretts and the, the, the McDockets. I I <laughs> that was an awesome game. I, I, I literally I wrapped up my job today and we were down two zip. And by the time I got home and settled in, we were down five two. And once I got settled in, they went to eight five. It, it's just an absolute awesome game to listen to. Just you know, wildly, literally, literally, just wildly, literally, you know, no no pun intended, but wildly entertaining to listen to. I listened to the whole game. I didn't watch a lick, I listened to the whole game on the radio. But uh that being said, I uh mean I mean my my hockey knowledge is limited, so you guys can pick holes and my my call, you know, whatever, but I'm calling in and put myself out there. But I I, I mean the the fact that, you know, we put Flurry in the third period. I mean, I, I know the trade deadline's coming up here and we need obviously a ten seven game, that's not ideal. You don't need to give up seven goals a game. But uh, you got you got this this wonder kid, you know, in the minors with Jesper Wallstead, whatever. Yep, Jesper Wallstead. Yep. Try to, do, 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 do you just try to trade Gus Bus, and he's probably got more trade value than Flurry, who's been rumored to be traded, and just kind of go Devin Dubnik on the bit and just ride Flurry. Maybe this is his last ride, kind of like you know, my, one of my favorite movies, like you know, uh, Tombstone. <laughs> just uh, you know, Doc Holliday his last ride, just you know, go with Flurry. And just try to catch lightning in a bus, you know. Just, I, 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 I think you know it's, yeah, you know, it's it's it, you got to entertain it. But yeah, they we're limited. I know we're I know we're castrated. We we can't really do much with uh, the limitations we have with the suitor and the crazy contracts. But I, I would like to see just ride with the kid, get him some experience. You know, I, I think just whether we make the playoffs or not, you know, having him play games that are meaningful is probably going to go longer than, you know, having them come up, you know, when we're completely out of it and give them some, you know, four or five games at the end of the year to just to, to play out the spring, you know, but Brad Flurry and the kid, Trey Gus, see what we can get, maybe a D guy or, you know, just 
Got whatever it. Whatever you guys can. But I'm going to let some other callers. Awesome, you know, Saul. Thing, but, hey, take a call, guys. Love hey, you guys. Yep, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening all day long. What a ride it was, especially when you were able to settle in while down 5-2, and then they just rattle off the uh, most improbable comeback. Uh, what I really liked about that call, Patrick, is him comparing Marc-Andre Fleury with Doc Holliday. <laughs> What what do you think? I, I have heard that it was it was brilliant. I I've heard that out on the social media networks. Stick with Flurry, trade Gustafson, and go Volstead and Flurry, and see where it takes you. What what do you say to that? Uh, I, I think that it's it's way way too early. Well, you know, it's late, but it's early. And what I mean by that is their mindset is still with the team that they have. Right now, they're, they're, they're trying to make the playoffs. People weren't happy when Beckman got called up and he got sent back down. Again, if, if, if they thought he was ready, if they thought he could help, he would have been in there. Um, and it's not as easy as just, you know, with the situation that Minnesota is in with, the, with, with cap-wise – there's not a lot of money to play with. And if you want to start benching guys and this and that, you know, maybe they, maybe some guys deserve to be up in the press box. But guess what? There's just not, there's not enough room to call up guys and not do something with the guys that you're sitting out because it's almost a dollar for dollar type of situation. Now, I know they have some extra money with, with, um, uh, Spurgeon being on LTIR and all that sort of thing, so maybe they can do a little bit more with that now. But I, I, I don't, I don't think they know what they want to do yet because they are they are close to a playoff spot and feel they can still do something. Um, and I'm sure they're not calling teams. I'm sure teams are are calling. Minnesota to say, hey, is this guy going to be available? This guy going to be available? So I, you know, right now I think it's just a a holding pattern, Kevin. This certainly won't be a game that uh, Philip Gustafson puts in his resume. It it, it wasn't a good one. He got yanked after forty minutes. But overall, Patrick, albeit an up and down season, here as of late, he was playing pretty darn well. He was two and one in his. Last three starts and had uh, won. I think it was four, two, and one in his last nine prior to today. So this was not a good game, and I bet he'd be the first one to 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 admit that. It, there were a couple of these goals where he's got to be just shaking his head, going, "What happened there?" But overall, you're going to need both Flurry and you're going to need Gustafson if this team wants to get to the promised land. Yeah, I think so, Kevin. I I don't think you know. Listen, I I, I don't think they're going to trade either one of them unless. Unless they're uh, you know pretty much out of it, and Flurry comes to to Garen and says, you know what, if you can move me to a contender and you can get the right deal back, I'll I'll, I'll waive my my deal. Right now, he's everything that he said is that he wants to make the playoffs here. He wants to play here. He loves it here. And and Kevin, we had Joe Smith on on Saturday, and he explained it pretty well. You know, with his family situation, he doesn't want to leave his kids. And, and if he goes to a contender, you know, he'd be away from them for a couple months and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, he, he's pretty, he seems pretty content here. He's won cups. 
you know, I don't know where the importance of getting traded is to, to, to go after another cup is there. I, I don't, you know, you may have more information on that than I do, but you know what? Um, I, I think he likes it a lot uh, here in Minnesota. Especially the way things are going right now. Uh, I would think that yeah. he very much does. Uh, Goat guy at 64686, who, of course, this is typically bumper to bumper. Dan Barrero off as he hopefully watched the, the game at home with his feet up because he certainly wasn't in St. Paul. Goat guy says, I thought Barrero was clamoring to take part in a wild fan line. Now he's got a chance during his normal work hours and he's a no-show? What a fraud. The hockey ambassador always nowhere to be found. Lighthearted tongue-in-cheek shot at uh, one of the pillars of KFAN. Real quick, back to the phone lines. Let's go to Josh in Blaine. Good afternoon, Josh, and welcome to Wild Fan Line. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Josh? Good. Oh, we just left the game, and that was probably one of the best games I've ever been to in my entire life. How uh, awesome my- How awesome was it inside the building? Because, I mean, I know what it was like in the oh, press box, but we don't get the, the feel that you do in the stands. Oh, it was one of the most insane atmospheres you've been around. I got to bring my eight-year-old son, who plays Princeton Might A, and he was beside himself. And I literally think that was a one-in-a-lifetime, you know, experience in that building. Yeah, they don't make them like. Did you guys wear hats to the game, and do you have anything on your head now? Um, everybody around us, I was a little slow. We had the net a little bit in front of us, so we couldn't quite throw it. All right. Anything else, <laughs> Josh? There, there was several times where they cleared it out. <laughs> awesome, dude. Anything else? Nope. We appreciate it, man. We're big fans. And, uh, yeah, that was probably the best game I've ever been to in my entire life. Awesome, dude. It's, it's, it, it's one that I think will leave an impression on many folks over the course of time. Uh, 19,024 watched it in person. And then, uh, of course, everyone via TV and radio. Let's squeeze in one more, Patrick. Let's go to Aiden in Minnetonka. Hi, Aiden. Hey, uh, how you doing? I'm great. Uh, yeah, so I also just left the game there. Um, it was incredible. I don't go to many wild games, so I just went with a buddy who had season tickets. Um, couple of points, uh, like when we were down 4-1, I was literally thinking it was as quiet as how old Timberwolves games used to be. And then that end of the second period, just we get the momentum and just the start of the third period too, absolutely crazy. I'm sure anyone will tell you. Um, I did have a question to leave you with, though. I was just curious as to possibly why we had left Gustafson in after the fourth and fifth goal rather than going straight to Flurry there. Patrick? Uh, I didn't catch the last part of the question, Kevin. I, I didn't either. Are you still there, Aiden? He said, why did you leave Gustafson in after the fourth and fifth? Oh, okay. And especially the fifth one, Patrick, with uh, JT Miller yeah. going up high. and uh, I, You know, I, I thought that – I thought that – um, that there was going to be a change also. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, he, 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 not that he thought the game was over, but but maybe maybe Hines saw something at the end of the period that, that he thought, you know what? There's still a chance. Let's make the change and and um, and go with Flurry and see if that'll jack our team up. And, you know, obviously it did. And, you know, and, and I don't know what he said in between periods, but uh, maybe he just felt something like, you know, this is a this is a different type of game. This isn't going to be a team in Vancouver that's going to try to shut it down. They're going to keep it going. Let's see if we can get one. 
And then, you know, obviously that led to what six in a row. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know what the, what the thought process was, but, um, you know, <laughs> Whatever he said worked out in the third. Yeah, it worked. I'm sure it's a balancing act, too, because, of course, you're playing in Winnipeg tomorrow night, and you're dealing with this atrocity through 40 minutes on this evening. So you want to balance the fact that you want a guy fresh tomorrow, but at the same time, if there's a chance to salvage this game, well, let's go get it, and they end up doing that. They put in flower to start the third period. They start the comeback trail, and... My goodness, what 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 a ride yeah, it was! And, and it could have been as simple, Kevin, as 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 Heinz thinking, you know what? I'm not going to make the change now. I'll wait till the you know to the third and and buy a little more time, you know. And you know, I think your 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 point is spot on with the fact that there's a game tomorrow, and you know, and Flurry was going to be the guy, I think. Anyway, I don't think uh, Gustafson would have went back to back, so. Um, to preserve Flurry a little bit uh, and still have a chance at maybe coming back like they did and win the game um, turned out, uh, you know, good for the Wild. We'll squeeze in a break, and then when we continue, we'll have more Wild fan line featuring your calls. Uh, by my record, Brett, Grant, and Denny are still on hold. we got to get to those texts, 64686. I'm reading some of them, including this one from Josh in San Diego. You all doubted Jules Eriksnek and Kirill Kaprizov, and we all know the fraudulent Johnny Athletic doubted the burgeoning young superstars on this wild roster. Says he was ready to shatter his glass patio table with a Louisville slugger after period number one but believed in the wild after the second period. He knows they're back, and they're making their push towards the playoffs. How do you feel out there as you're driving around? The good thing is where top five at five is normally at after the break, we're actually going to talk a little hockey. Take that, Justin Gard. More after this on KFAN. Now back to the 651 Carpets Plus, home of the next day in Saul Studios on The Fan. Terrell Kaprizov. Erickson X scores! It's a hat-trick for Erickson Zuccarello set him up. The hats come streaming down in the wild with another power play goal and a 6-5 lead. Or when you score a lot of goals, uh, like we did in third, in third period, it's uh, just feeling better yourself. And that's it. I don't know. Yeah. This was just just try playing, you know. Kirill Kaprizov, a personal high six points for him. Jules Eriksson-Eck, a personal high six points for him. Both of them with a hat trick. And today the Wild rally back from a 5-2 deficit and beat the Canucks 10-7 in stunning fashion. From this texter, says was there in section 223 right by the horn and had an absolutely incredible piece of franchise history to be a part of. Also this one, Patrick, from Rob in Corcoran. Kirill is so back, he says, capitalizes the SO, and also says Jules Eriksson-Eck is the most underrated superstar in the National Hockey League. I think you and I and the fans here have a, a, a common knowledge and respect for what Jules Eriksson-Eck does for this team and what he's all about, but I hope he's raising the eyebrows of everyone around the National Hockey League for what he's doing. Who cares? Who cares what everyone else thinks? You know, <laughs> I, I, I in in reality, does he get the respect he deserves? No. Um, does he care? Probably not. Um, he's just a hell of a player. And and you know, six points today was it, Kevin? I yeah. 
just ridiculous. And you know, let let's talk about Kevin the um, the team itself and, and and Vancouver number one. Vancouver is not going to give up ten goals in a game again. I can I can guarantee you that. Um, it was a different type of game today. Vancouver is going to be an awfully tough out come playoff time. Uh, you know, they are they are really 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 good. Hey, you want something uh, else to chew on there, Patrick? Think about this as I completely interrupt you, but let's say the Wild scramble into the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference because most likely no one's catching the, the, the seventh spot. Chances are that first-round matchup would be against the Vancouver Canucks. And I wouldn't want that at all. No, because it ain't going to be like this in the playoffs. I don't think many teams in the league would want it at all. You can't, you can't, even, you can't even look at today's game and say, huh, Hey, let's. I hope we get Vancouver in the first round. No, um, that would be not not a great thing. I I don't believe um, Vancouver's an awfully, awfully, awfully good team. And and the one thing I like about Minnesota right now, Kevin, is that their stars are are producing. We've talked about it. You know, I don't think for the majority of the year you can look at this team and say. You know our big guys aren't coming through. They they have been, and you know you know my concern, Kevin, and and that holds true today. When the fourth line gave up that goal, the first goal of the game, I'm thinking, oh man, you know it's going to be tough today uh, because that line cannot give up goals, and they gave up that first one, and it it really I just I sat back and I thought, oh here we go, and then it got to two to nothing, and. And then, you know, uh, thank God the game turned into a crazy game uh, because that, um, you know, that stuff can happen in what let's what I call a real hockey game. And um, but so they dodged that one today, which is really good. Back to the phone lines we go. If you want to get involved, we're here as long as you're here. 800-320-5326. Phenomenal text coming in at 64686. Keep those coming. How did you enjoy today's game? Were you in the building? Are you driving home? Were you on your couch? Were you in the ice house? I hope not because it's getting a little warm for the ice house. But regardless, let's uh, go back to the phone lines and check in with Brett in Hudson. Good evening, Brett, and welcome to Wild Fan Line. Kevin, I don't know the last time I felt this good after a Wild game. <laughs> I was in uh, Section 107. Awesome. Joel Erickson scored his uh, hat trick. I was sitting next to a guy. He said to throw my hat. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait until Kaprizov scores his hat trick. <laughs> Let alone I throw the hat on the ice, retrieve it back in 103. Greatest game I've probably ever seen, at least this year. Um, if you go back to even the Kevin Fiala days, we had some pretty good games then. But, ah, uh, God, even this was it, was it, was it greatest in, Was it greatest in terms of just the excitement and the fun, or what? What? What do you mean by um, greatest? Well, you know. Uh, I, I have a sports book back at home. I told him to put down three separate bets. Wild to win straight out when they were down 5-2. Um, then a couple of them from there and on. But I don't know. I think from this Wild squad with John Merrill, with Alex Goligoski scratched, um, and the, the lack of depth uh, down 15 mil, for this Wild squad to score 15 goals, or uh, uh, 10 points down 15 million, 
I I don't I don't know if I could have ever predicted that in my wildest dreams. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Thanks for the call there, Brett. I, I think what also made it so much fun, Patrick, not that they scored a ton of goals, that too was fun, but I mean, I don't think I had much hope in the fact that this team was going to rally. They're down 5-2. JT Miller is skating all over the place. They're just pumping home goals left and right, and then suddenly things start to turn late in the second period, and then you go into the third. But when they're down 5-2, I didn't expect anything like this. Certainly, I didn't expect them to rally, let alone you know put home 10, a franchise record, 10 goals and pucks in the goal uh, on this evening. No, I mean, <laughs> but, you know... Thank you, officials, for calling the number of penalties in succession that led to uh, four or five on threes in the game. And I, I literally, have you ever seen that before? No, not not never, never, and never, nor, never. Nor I. And and um, so you get the opportunities, and you deliver on that. That's what you got to be happy about. That when given the chance, um, they did it. And and that's what to me is is the most important thing. If they don't score on one or two of those uh, five on three opportunities, eh, we we have a different game. Yeah. We have we have a different mindset with the way the teams are playing. And um, you know, it just it, the the game got so out of the norm of a regular hockey game uh, that you know it, it was it was pure entertainment for for the fans that went to the game today. And, you know, our fans in Minnesota deserve something like that today, you know, for, for the season that has been. So, so ultimately, you know what, what matters, Kevin, is they got the two points. They did. Uh, from this texter, enjoyed our first date night at the game since our twins were born. Phenomenal. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, from Pete. Hi, guys. I was fortunate to see the North Stars beat Winnipeg 15-2 in 1981 in person. The most goals scored in its history with today's game. If the Wild score the most it has scored in a game, uh, he did it again. And how ironic the Wild play in Winnipeg tomorrow, although the second iteration of the Jets. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the uh, contest, Pete. Another one says... I'm back on the bandwagon now from that texter. Uh, and now let's go back to the phone lines. 800-320-5326. We've got Will in St. Paul. Good afternoon, Will, and welcome to Wild Fan Line. Hey, Kevin and Pat. Hope you guys are doing well. You too, um, Will. So, um, you know, there's a lot of optimism that a lot of people might have after that hockey game. Um, and obviously it's good for the Wild in the standings, but I guess where I'm sitting is I, I really feel like Vancouver lost that hockey game a lot more than the Wild won it. Um, you know, that first period, Vancouver came out and the Wild had a lot of buzz, but, you yep. know, Vancouver stood tall, took their chances, and the puck went in for them. Um, and at the end of that second period, you know, I think there's a reason that Hines didn't take Gus out right away. You know, he, um, he let him in there. I think he thought, I'm going to let him have this one. And then I, I think you mentioned this earlier, Pat, but, um, I think he realized that, that the game was still a game at the end of the second and put Flurry in. But, you know, that especially that JT Miller delay a game uh, penalty really sealed the fate of Vancouver. And while, you know, it was a great comeback win for the Wild and they scored 10 goals and everything, I think it really says a heck of a lot more about that Vancouver team, especially because I'm pretty sure they blew a lead to Winnipeg the other day as well. And, um, yeah, you know, 
it was great to see and a huge two points to the wild. But uh, for me, um, I think they have a lot more to prove. And I think Vancouver lost that game more than the wild won it. Patrick. Uh, great points. Uh, I, you know, you know, that, that penalty by Miller, you know, where, where uh, the delay again, that just kept, and they, they just kept coming. And, yeah. Um, you know, kudos to the wild for executing their power play. Their power play was really good today. And, uh, and you need that to happen to win hockey games. But Kevin, I, I just thought it was such a, I mean, it was, it was, it, it, the only word I can use is weird. It was a it was a weird, weird hockey game. And to take anything from it, I think, and and deduce that oh, you know, Vancouver's in trouble, um, or I, you know, I'm back on this. The Wild are ten goals, unstoppable. I would, just, you know, this is a this is one of those games in the NHL. Uh, in the in the regular season that you just take and you you know as I said you don't watch film on it you don't you don't get anything from this game is it, is it, 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 is what I believe but you know but guess what you get two points out of it someone's got to get the two points Minnesota did today they'll be happy to take it I don't think I don't I don't think there's any credence to this game Kevin. Not a lot. I mean, I agree, except that the first line continues to pour it on, and those numbers are, are gaudy. That's not just today, but the last five games. 15 goals and 35 points in five games uh, combined for Kaprizov, Boldy, and Jules Eriksson-Eck. That's ridiculous. The other thing I would say, though, if, if this was Vancouver Canucks fan line, I don't think they can complain about the fact that the Wild got six trips on the power play and all these five-on-threes. You, you look down at the stat sheet and the high stick. I mean, Middleton took one up high. Uh, well, Boldy took a stick to the face. The uh, the um, delay of game that you were talking about from J.T. Miller. I mean, these were all legit calls. It's not like they were being ticky-tacky. Vancouver played a loosey-goosey type of game, and they got burned. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd, I'd rather use the word undisciplined. Undisciplined, um, even better. That's better than loosey-goosey? What's that? Undisciplined is better than loosey-goosey, you're saying? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> uh, you know, because when, when you take multiple high-sticking penalties, when you, you know, uh, nonchalantly, you can use your loosey-goosey for there. But I don't know if it was loosey-goosey as much as He's trying to get the puck out of the zone, and he, you know, he gets too much of it, and it goes in the stands. Wh- whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the the point is, they took him, and they took him back to back to back to back to back, and um, and which led to the four or five on threes, which led to the uh, what, what was Minnesota on the power play today, Kevin? Four of six. Yeah, which led to four uh, four power play goals. So. Um, you know, I don't know how to explain this game other than just weird. <laughs> yeah, weird, and it was fun. Definitely a, a good one to take in. Uh, from this texture, apparently the two hockey teams watched the NBA All-Star game this past weekend and decided to, uh, to play a hockey game without playing any defense. Uh, it had a little bit of that that feel. Uh, I guess Kaprizov and Jules Eriksson-Eck playing the role of Carl Anthony Towns. He scores 50 in the All-Star game. These guys score a combined six points. Uh, let's g- grab one more break. I think we'll do one more segment. I know we still got to get to Denny, and we will do that after the break. We can also squeeze in your calls before the bottom of the hour. If you want to get in, 
This is your chance. 800-320-5326. You can also text us 64686. And if you want to use Twitter or X, you can use hashtag wildfanline. Myself, Pat Micheletti, continue to take your calls following an incredible 10-7 win for the Wild over the Canucks. We'll continue to take your calls next on The Fan. Juleson gave it away. Boldy trying to sprint. It's got a step left side. Boldy cutting behind the net. Just threw it in front. Caprice scores! Are you kidding me? The Wilds strike again! Yeah, all part of the fun in a 10-7 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. I, I found this stat via NHL Public Relations. Patrick, the Wild scored six times in five minutes and 45 seconds to erase the three-goal deficit. At one point down 5-2 in this hockey game, they rattle off six in a row, and it marks the fastest six-goal flurry by one team in more than 25 years. It happened for the Canadians in four and a half minutes. The Capitals did it in 447 back in 1999, and the Penguins did it in five minutes and two seconds. Now the Wild, that flurry, it's fourth fastest in the history of the National Hockey League. Just another one of those stats that are going to be piled up at the end of the night. I was thinking, Kevin, and Minnesota had a goal disallowed. Yeah. Well, and that one, that one shouldn't have counted. Did you see the replay? No. It, it, it was obvious. It looked at, at first blush. We thought, well, yeah, the, the net came off its post, but, yeah. but the puck was in the net. But when they showed the overhead, you could see that it was pushed in underneath the net from the outside of the cage. So by no means should yeah. it have counted. But it's just one of those nights where weird things continue to happen. Are you ready to go back to the uh, phone lines? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't call it a goal with the way this game was. Yeah, right? Well, they did. Yeah. Then they called it off because they reviewed it, and it was the Correct. absolute right Correct. call. Yeah. And regardless, the uh, Wild were undeterred. They scored 10 goals despite that. Let's go back to the phone lines. Denny, be patient. We'll get to you. We're going to start, though, with Tim in St. Michael. Hey, great game. Uh, loved the energy. I think this was one of the first times I high-fived the people behind me in the bleachers when we, were, uh, when we went on top. Just great, great fun. Um, two questions uh, or comments, I should say. One, I think Gustafson pulling him out, obviously, in hindsight, great momentum shift. But credit to Vancouver. I think their shots were very well-timed. I think our defensive person screened at least uh, for sure two, maybe three of those five. And then second point on Chisholm, don't remember what role he was to play on the team, but I thought he did some pretty nice forechecking. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, let's start with the first part, uh, Patrick. Again, this isn't going on the resume for Philip Gustafson. He gave up two goals on the first two shots by Vancouver, despite the Wild playing pretty well in that first period. When Ian Cole jumps in and scores from the right dot, that's trouble number one. And then, of course, the uh, third goal by J.T. Miller to seal the, the hat trick. I don't buy into the fact that he was screened. I think he just had a bad night. First goal, he couldn't see anything. I mean, and that, that puck had eyes because it went right under the arm of, of uh, Merrill. And so I don't, I, I don't blame him on that one. Um, the one that bothers me was when J.T. Miller walked Bogosian. And, I mean, Miller made a, a fabulous play. But I don't know if uh, – I think Custerson was a little surprised that he got around Bogosian, and then he's like, uh-oh, and was in his net a little bit too much. And 
and he just, uh, you know, flipped it all over his shoulder. The fifth goal, right? <laughs> so the, 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 the hat trick for Miller? Like. Um, what other ones didn't you like? Well, I can go through them and, and look at them. I, I just thought it was an off night for him. And I thought that fifth one typified a tough night for, for Philip Gustafson. I, I just thought that it was one of those nights where it didn't look like he had it. And certainly, I think the head coach agreed after the fifth goal went in when, like you said, JT Miller made a great move to get around Bogosian but stuffed it right underneath the crossbar. Uh, that was yeah. the end of the night for I didn't him. like that goal. I no. did not like that one. I mean, it was pretty to watch, but... Uh, from from a goalie's perspective, I, I I didn't like it. The other part of it is, I got the gist of what he was saying, but something about Declan Chisholm. What have you thought about? Of course, he scored the goal against the Sabers the other night. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen enough to 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 really comment. Good, bad, indifferent. Um, he skates extremely well, and um, you know he's a puck moving guy. Uh, you know, let let's give him time to to get into it and, and, and get more minutes and all that, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. How many minutes did he play? I, I was just looking at that. As a matter of fact, 12 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time. I find it yeah. interesting. He logged nothing on the power play tonight, scored a power play yeah. goal against Buffalo the other night, but was credited with ab- actually zero seconds uh, of ice time with the man advantage. So, you know, in, in a normal game and this was anything but normal, um, you know, he probably would have been on, on that second unit and, you know, in a five-on-four situation. But there weren't many five-on-four situations uh, tonight. So um, I, I, I just want to reserve judgment on him. Yeah. Um, I like that he's a puck-moving, um, you know, and he's not small uh, per se. Uh, and, and he skates well. And, and you know what? The puck's not in your zone. That's a good thing. And, and so – um, let, let's just give him time before we o- analyze or overanalyze him. Tyler in Mankato, welcome to Wild Fan Line. Hey guys, um, hi Tyler. We, um, I, uh, I have a probably an unpopular opinion uh, for the fan base, but um, my, from my perspective, I'm a very novice hockey fan or hockey mind, but uh, definitely a wild fan because they've been my most uh, entertaining winter sport uh, hometown team to watch the past number of years. Um, but uh, is this uh, is this a, I don't want to call it a statement win, that's kind of uh, a cliche as a messy game, um, but a fun win against the best team in the NHL, does this put us in a spot where Bill Guerin is reluctant maybe to pull the trigger on because uh, we're, you know, with the playoff potential, we could, we're, you know, we maybe sneak in, we get uh, get a series, uh, got, um, got willing a series or two would be a miracle, but uh, is this just kind of keep us going for now and then um, we just kind of got to ride this uh, the cap thing and all the other talking points. I guess I'm rambling. I don't really know where I'm going with the question, but I, I, I think uh, I think that we just uh, we need to enjoy moments like this and not uh, begrudge them because we're going to be mediocre and middle of the pack all the time type thing. I guess I just it's fun hockey to watch when we play well. Thank you, Tyler. 
Yeah, Patrick? And, and Kevin, I'm going to try to break this down so, so it makes sense to some people. When you're talking, you know, people talk, well, sell, 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 or, or you know, get this, that, or the other thing. Here's the reality, the, 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 the blood and guts of it, okay? Erickson Eck, Zuccarello, Boldy, Kaprizov, um, who else up front? Uh, Hartman, those Foligno. guys are not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going anywhere. A, prob- probably because they like them and they're, and they're playing well. B, a lot of them, or most of them, or all of them, have no, some type of no-move contra- uh, uh, clause in their contract. So forget that. So what you're looking at in pieces that you potentially could sell would be Duheim, Dewar, Blitzeri, but he's on a one-way. Um, Maroon and Fleury. Maroon, Fleury, Bogosian, Dakota Mermis, Merrill, yep. Goligoski, although he'd have to move his uh, 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 wave his no-move. So in reality, that is the type of player that other teams might call Bill Guerin and say, you know what? I need a fourth line left winger. Who do you got? And and then they might start discussing possibilities and what the return would be and things of that nature. Okay. Now, if Bill Guerin was thinking, you know what? I if I can get this, this is really gonna help us up the middle or somewhere or whatever, and I can fit it in the rest of the year, whether it be a rental, whether it be a what. And he says, hey, I'll give you a second rounder for this guy for the rest of the year. You know, that may be another potential uh, move that they could make. Um, but but there's not going to be any big blockbuster move that whether they make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. No, I, I'd agree. The, the the return is not going to be substantial that, that's going to whet your appetite, especially from a fan's perspective. A sixth or seventh round draft pick for some of these guys, uh, that's about what you're looking for. Um, he mentioned about a statement game. I don't know necessarily I would say that this win in particular was a statement game for Bill Guerin, but I will say, Patrick, this run that they're on is a statement moment in this season's Time capsule for for Bill Guerin to chew on five zero and one in their last six eight two and one in their last eleven overall and think about those three losses in the last eleven they led in the third period in each of them against Nashville Anaheim and against Buffalo they let those three games get away from them still eight two and one in their last eleven grabbing seventeen out of a possible twenty two points. Not not one game is the significant portion of the schedule. It's that group in a whole that's going to help them climb into the standings, and that's why I think this moment is what the statement is for Bill Guerin, not just the victory in and of itself. Well, after that loss to Anaheim at home, uh, where you know it, it, that was a terrible, 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 terrible loss. For sure, uh, they will admit that they know it. Uh, and so the question was, because then they headed into um, the All Star break, yep. and 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 you you know you you want to go into the All Star break feeling good. They felt <laughs> they did <lousy>. not. <laughs> they felt lousy. Yeah. And so you don't know 
the psyche of your team when they come back from that. And, you know, maybe it was as much as saying, you know what, let's look at what's in front of us, forget about what happened, and let's start anew in the second half and see if we can build something. They've done that. Not enough yet, right, because they're still climbing. And so that's the challenge, to continue the way that they've been playing and, and getting points and getting wins. You got one more segment in you? Whatever you say, Kevin, I always do what you tell me. <laughs> well, Brett Blakemore wants us to get in one more break, so let's do that. Then we'll squeeze in Brett in Brooklyn Park and, of course, our buddy Denny. If you want to squeeze into that last segment, you can, 800-320-5326. You can also text us at 64686. Use Twitter and hit us up, hashtag WildFanLine. One more segment, I promise, and then we'll wrap things up. You're listening to The Fan. Joe O'Donnell and Tom Reed, the play-by-play action of a thriller in St. Paul. Wild <laughs> rally from a 5-2 deficit and beat the Canucks 10-7. Again, that uh, run of points that the Wild are, are currently riding has them two points back of the final eight in the wild card race. St. Louis holding down the second spot, the second wild card spot with 60 points. Wild now two points back with 58 tied with the Nashville Predators. Predators idle today. Blues lost earlier today at home to the Maple Leafs. They got doubled up. I'm sure we can get more into the uh, playoff picture here in a second, Patrick, but we got to get to the phone lines. We got to get to to Denny, but Denny, first we'll go to Brett in Brooklyn Park. Hi, Brett. Welcome to Wild Fan Line. Hey, good late afternoon, gentlemen. How you doing? Good, Brett. How are you? I'm good. So you talk about a WTF to holy S moment this (laughs) afternoon. Wow. (laughs) I think we can let that slide. That was I was just like, that's incredible, but um, Pat, you're probably not going to remember this, but about two weeks into the season, I called on the fan line, and I talked to you, and I think it was you and Kennedy on the phone, and mentioned that I thought it was time to try to get Spurgeon traded to Edmonton because of his salary cap, his size, his age, and that he was probably going to start having lots of injuries. And you guys both kind of scoffed at that. So what I'm wondering now is do you think that we're going to have a hard time moving him because of his injuries lately, and are we now going to be stuck with his salary for the next couple of years too? Well, let me answer it this way. You can't move him unless he wants to be moved. That Therein lies the, the problem, whether you want to trade him, um, whether you want to keep him, whatever the case may be. The bottom line is, for him to get traded, he would have to agree to it. And, you know, I listen, I, I know he loves playing here and he's the captain of this team and so forth and so on. And, you know, um, people can have their own opinion whether um, they like him or not like him. But but to your point, it's just that they, they can't trade him unless – unless he agrees to be dealt because he has a, uh, a no-trade clause. And so, um, you know, we can discuss it and we can, you know, stew about it. We can, whatever the case may be. But if Jared Spurgeon doesn't want to go anywhere, he doesn't have to. And I'll give you another example. Tory Krug, the, the defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, was traded this past summer and – 
the, the general manager, Armstrong, went to him, told him, I have a deal to send you. Will you waive your no, mo- your no move? And he said, guess what? Nope, I'm not. You signed me to this contract, and part of the deal was I would have a no move. I'm not moving. And that's, it's as simple as that. Thank you for the phone call from Perry in Cottonwood. Says, great show, guys. Uh, that last goal by Kirill Kaprizov seals the 10 spot, gets him the hat trick, and finishes off the afternoon. Perry in Cottonwood wants your opinion, Pat. The fact that he shot the puck with just over a second left to go in regulation in a game that was in hand, do you think that leaves a bad taste in the mouth of the Canucks? I, I, you know, Kevin, um, right when he – because – it was JT Miller on the, on the sideboards there. And, he, and there were, it was the, the clock was winding down. And you could see Miller kind of let off a little bit. And, hey, if I'm Kaprizov, I'm getting it and I'm throwing it sure. in that too, right? Yeah, what That's the another goal. They don't ask how they went in. They ask how many at <laughs> the end of the year. For sure. So, But, but I thought, I thought, oh, boy, I, you know, I was, I, I was, I was happy to see that we didn't see another uh, uh, who's the, the the Toronto defenseman at Morgan, Morgan Riley, Riley yeah. uh, and, and Greg, but I was thinking, oh, oh, watch out because they let up Kaprizov scores, and you know, thank God Cooler has prevailed, and everyone just went to their respective benches or locker rooms or what have you. But will it in the playoffs? Uh, you know what? When it comes playoff time. Kevin, and you know this, you've been around. Um, you don't hold grudges of that nature because guess what? You're you know, going to get a new one in game one. Times <laughs> yeah. Next year, and we can deal with it then. Yeah, and, and especially through the long and arduous process of a best-of-seven series, you got a, right. another problem in game one followed by another one in game two. Uh, as an aside, before we wrap things up here with uh, Denny, did you see Zadorov trash talk? I don't know what they were talking about, but Zadorov and uh, Faber were jawing at each other, like especially early on in this hockey game. Zadorov was like in his ear. It felt like the entire early portion of this night. May have been a veteran, um, knowing that this young upstart rookie defenseman is phenomenal. Just trying to rattle him, you know. It's one of those. You know, just chirping, get in your face. And, yeah. And, and Faber probably just said, you know what, move along, man. move along. <laughs> you're, you're, pro- you're probably right. Well, it's it's finally that time of the night. We do this on just about every Wild Fan Line, although he's ditched us. Not only the last Wild Fan Line, he ditched us the last Beyond the Pond as well. But let's check in with Denny. Hello, Denny, and welcome to our final call on Wild Fan Line. Well, thank you, guys. The first thing I have to do is apologize for not being there Saturday. Uh, as you know, I'm what I'm fighting, and I had a really bad night and bad morning. Sorry to hear that, that Denny. Good said, to hear your voice, though, tonight, by the way. Well, thank you. Uh, that being said, in my 60 years of hockey, this is the most exciting game I have ever seen. This is a game that they're going to be talking about for the ages. Not just Minnesota, but National Hockey League. I mean, this was uh, something else. I can't remember ever a wild team. (laughs) Well, whatever you want to call it, it was awesome. 
and they'll be talking about this game uh, in the NHL for, forever. Because how many times does the, does the team score 10 goals? Well, it's the first time it's happened in franchise really? history for the Wild, and it doesn't happen all that often in the NHL. You're dead on there, Denny. There you go. The second, since they've moved Boldy up to the first line in six games, they now have 38 points in the first line. I can't yeah. remember a more dominant first line in Minnesota ever. They are. That, I don't know. You maybe know you guys. And, and you can look all. You can look all season long. Uh, their top six, for the most part, has been consistent. Uh, maybe not all consistent at the same time, like they are now. But you know, I don't look at this team and say, "Boy, you got a top six problem." Um, that that's not the issue in my mind. Anything else, Denny? Oh, we know what the issue is. And last but not least, guys, I would ask, and this would just not only make my day, but would really make my whole life, is if you could give me a credit at the end end of the show like you do when you have everybody else on and you give them a, a credit. I sure would appreciate it if you do that for me. All right, Denny, I can do what that. Do yes, I, I can make that happen. Thank you for the call, Denny. Thank you for the contributions, and uh, thank you for your your loyalty. I, I'm making it a note to myself, Brett Blakemore. Don't let me forget to give a shout out to Denny All in right. Prior Lake. Um, let's wrap it up on this note, Patrick. Uh, nice little victory today, no doubt about it. Um, I said earlier today, I think with Nordo, I, I, and I mentioned it with Tom during the broadcast, that when you looked at the bulk of this week and how tough this schedule was, including today and this three-game road trip that's going to take you to Winnipeg, to Edmonton, and, not, and then to Seattle, that I'd be happy getting four out of a possible eight points. I don't know. Now we got found money with this 10-7 win over the Canucks. Maybe we should be expecting more out of the, the next three games. I, I uh, heard some conversation that, that you've had and that you've brought, brought up and about the schedule and how it gets easier. <laughs> and th- this may seem like a crazy statement, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it, 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 it is better to play better teams because in your mind you're thinking – I've got to be on, we've got to be on, we've got to play a sharp game, or else we're going to get beat, okay? And you saw what happened when they played Anaheim. You know, you saw what happened when they played Buffalo. Um, Two teams that are not very good. You saw what what, um, they did against an Arizona team at home when they give up six. So my point is, maybe they need to play better teams to get focused and 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 really be, you know, really be sharp, and you know we'll see. Listen, just keep winning. That's the bottom line. Yeah, one of those better teams is in direct competition coming up tomorrow night while going into Winnipeg to take on a Jets team that is third place in the Central Division and pretty well locked into that spot, barring something unforeseen. A number of texters have brought up the fact that, and I felt that way early on in this game, the fact that I thought the Canucks were going to push the Wild around a little bit with no Felino, no Patrick Maroon. The only guy really that you had out there with any real beef was Zach Bogosian. Do you worry about going to Winnipeg without 20 or 17 in your holster and having to deal with, you know, a team that takes liberties, especially on their home ice? Uh, a couple guys do. I wouldn't worry about it. And, you know, in Vancouver, they're not a team that pushes teams. They're, that's a skilled 
hockey team. Oh, but They're they've skilled. got Zadorov, they've got Myers, they've got guys that can play and that that Myers, brand of Myers hockey. Is a, Myers is a big, tall drink of water that plays like a, a guy who's five nine. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's not. Um, oh God, big intimidating defenseman. That's why they brought in Zadorov to be one of those guys. But up the, you know, look at their forwards. You know, who, who scares you up front on their forwards? Yeah, no, I get I you. One. You know, and, and, and Winnipeg, you know, they got a, a couple defensemen who run around. But, I, I, you know, I, I would be more leery of a, of a Winnipeg and not even that much more. Um, Winnipeg just – Winnipeg plays it hard and they play it. They play tough, and uh, you know they're they're defending more. That's why that's why they're they're you know winning so many games. Um, but you know we'll, we'll see tomorrow night. Right? The only thing I can say to that, Patrick, though, is the last two times the Wild have gone out of there, Kaprizov has come out crippled. Uh, the one time he had his yeah, by the groin, guy, right? yeah, Stanley no, one time. yeah, Stanley squashed his groin. Debate, and you can debate whether that was a cheap shot or not. I don't know um, the Dylan one. Uh, you know what? He gets him in a spot where it happens ninety times in a in a hockey game. Ninety times it happens in a hockey game. Okay. They caught you know, and Dylan catches uh, Dylan catches uh, Kaprizov in an area where he didn't have any any pad any padding, and you know that's the way it is. But tell me that cross checking. Every single play doesn't happen in the, yeah. in the National Hockey League. Yep, no, that's true. I, I just it's it's not great when you go to their barn and on two consecutive occasions your superstar well, no, walks out of there crippled. Not. So that's I, right. I'm thinking they have to keep their guard up and make sure because they do dumb things when we go to their barn. When the Wild skate in Winnipeg, that's when they they act a little tougher. So we'll see what happens, Patrick. Let's win. It will, I'm sure they'll do their best. Hopefully they keep this role going. Thank you for your extended work on this uh, fun evening. It started out as an afternoon. Now we're into the evening hours. We had some fun, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Have a great night. The great Pat Micheletti joining us for Wild Fan Line. From his couch, apparently. But that's okay. We had some fun. A 10-7 victory. Wild score the most goals in franchise history in a single game. They score seven goals in the third period. Two guys had a hat trick. And the top line continues to flourish for this Minnesota Wild squad. Thanks to Brett Blakemore for making things happen behind the glass. Thanks to Denny and Prior Lake for adding his nightly contributions. Always soothing to hear Denny from Prior Lake on the phone lines. And thanks to you for listening wherever you are across the great state of hockey. While they're back on the air tomorrow night, 645 pregame. Puck drops at 7 o'clock from the peg. Can the Wild keep this going? Just two back of the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference. Boy, what a fun climb this has been. Hopefully it continues tomorrow night in Manitoba. For all of us here at KFN, enjoy your night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow from the peg.